Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. All right, kids and adults, I'll let you all participate in this one. I need everyone's help this morning. In a second, I'm going to show up some pictures of various different superheroes or heroes and villains. And I need us all to kind of yell out whether it's a, a hero or whether it's a villain. All right, you ready? All right, let's just wait. Before it comes up, let me just do a, let's just do a, like a practice run, all right? So like, like we're just going to say heroes on one Two, three. Yeah. All right, good. All right, you've got it? Okay, good. All right, let's go. Who is this? Yeah, and he's a what? He's a hero, yes. What about this one? Hero. What about this one? Oh, Darth Vader. What about this one? Hero, yes. All right, what about this one? Villain. What about this one? What about this one? And what about this one? Oh, he's both. All right, that's true as all. And this one? And I don't know how many is left to go. All right, here we go. No, that's it. All right, all right. So we've got heroes and we've got villains. Now, did you notice there was one thing that every single, whether whether they're a hero or whether they're a villain, every single one of them had one thing in common. Did you pick it? Apart from the fact they're on the screen. Costumes, yeah. Anything else? Masks, yeah. All right, I'll give it to you. All right, they all had something in their hand. But not all heroes or villains hold a lightsaber or, or, a, or a Thor's hammer or Captain America's shield or any of those other things. Not all heroes have something in the hand like that. In fact, some heroes have something like this. Some heroes have a paint roller. You know, some heroes have a hammer. Some heroes have a little shovel that hopefully was a whole lot bigger yesterday. You know, some of us have a set of shears. Some superheroes have a whippersnipper. Some heroes have a drill. Some heroes have a have a light, have a downlight, and some heroes simply have a red bag. See, heroes look different, sound different, but all have something in their hands. See, we all look different, and we, 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 we hold different things in our hands, and we all do different things with our lives, but every one of us are sent somewhere to do something. Back in 2004, there was a a pastor at Gateway who decided that he would just collect some bags of groceries and he would, he would stash them in the corner of his office and, 
and an attempt to go, I just want to make a difference. I want to be able to reach out. I want to do something. I want to be able to give something to some people in their moments of needs. And so in 2004, in a little tiny office at McKenzie, a little bag of groceries began to accumulate in the corner of their office. Well, 12 months, in the, over the last 12 months, our church has given away 2,647 red bags full of groceries. As a campus, as a campus, we have given away over 550 bags of groceries through our campus. We've conducted 3,621 counseling sessions for people in our communities through our different, different counseling centers. We've got 150 volunteers across five different campuses. And this is my favorite number. As a church, a church of five different campuses, together we've been able to make a difference in over 25,000 people's lives. 2004, it all started in very humble beginnings. 18 years later, it's grown. And this year, we started a thing called Heart Week, where we, we looked at all the different, you know, the different, the different letters of heart, and we, we encouraged every one of us to get outside and, and look at the people that we live, work, laugh, in, and attempt to make a difference in their lives. We, 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 on Wednesday night, as we said, you know, we, we packed over 60 of these. We made up, sewed, oh, I didn't sew anything because that would be bad. But, but, but a bunch of amazing, gifted people sewed up 60 of these bags and we together filled them with, with, with items that those sleeping rough can take to keep and utilize. A youth ministry on Friday night went and made a, just a simple yet significant difference in people's lives down in Marsden. And yesterday, we renovated three properties for an incredible people in our community that we got to serve together. See, what we do with our hands really matters. What we do with our hands is really important, isn't it? So what we're going to do this morning is we're just going to look at a short story about a, a couple of guys who, who did something with their hands. So we're going to look at this story. It's, it's found in Luke chapter 5, and it goes like this. One day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. And they came from every village of Galilee, from Judea, and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men carried a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into a house and lay him before Jesus. When they got there, they found that they could not do this because the crowd was so large. They went up on the roof, and they lowered him through the roof, through the tiles in amongst the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, "'Friends, your sins are forgiven.'" The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who does this fellow think and speak, who does he think he is and speak so blasph- in such blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why do you think such things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. 
So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them. He took what he'd been lying on and he went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. There's three really simple things that I want us, that, that, that God wants to remind us through this story. The first thing is simply this. Jesus will always stop for you. I mean, imagine yourself for a second. I mean, imagine if we were all there. Jesus is standing here. He's preaching and doing all of this stuff. And then in the middle of it all, that the roof gets broken open. And, you, and we all begin to, you know, we're trying to concentrate on Jesus. And all of a sudden, this guy begins to kind of like get lowered down in the middle of Jesus' sermon. And Jesus stops for him. Now, we might not think that's odd. But that is pretty odd, yeah? But it gets even more odd in the fact that, that in that day and in that culture, that was so radically inappropriate because those with, that were different, those with disabilities were counted in the eyes of the culture as worthless. In fact, if you had a disability, you, it was thought theologically and spiritually that you were cursed by God, your parents, or you did something wrong. And so God had cursed you with this disability. And all of a sudden, Jesus stops in the mid-sermon, mid-sentence, and he stops to acknowledge a broken man. I mean, we don't even know if Jesus finished his sermon. We don't even know if he's got to the altar call. We don't know if he's cried yet. We don't know, you know any of that stuff. We, we don't even know if he finished what he was talking about. See, Jesus will stop for you, no matter how broken you might think you are, or what others think about you. The second, so Jesus will always stop for you, but Jesus sees our faith and our actions. See, I wonder if that morning, when the, when the guys woke up, I wonder if that moment, that, you know, as, as they went about their daily walk and everything else, I wonder if it went through their mind that what they were trying to do to get a broken man to Jesus, I wonder if they ever thought, I wonder if this will work. Like, I wonder if it might not, what happens if it doesn't work? Like, what happens if we get him to Jesus and he doesn't care? What happens if he doesn't see him? What happens if it doesn't work? But see, these men pushed past their doubts to trust Jesus. See, what we do with our hands reveals where our faith is. See, it's easy to obey, and it's easy to, to believe in theory, isn't it, that, that Jesus can do all. It's easy to believe all of these things in our head, but it's sometimes hard to kind of live that out. So Jesus will always stop for you. Jesus sees our faith and our actions, and Jesus, Jesus notices what others miss. See, there's a group of Pharisees there, religious teachers. We'd probably call them pastors or, or preachers of today. And, and here they were questioning Jesus' motives. And, and, and they were more concerned about what Jesus said than, than they were about the broken man. There was, there was another group of people 
probably most of them that were gathered around in that room that day that, 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 that had walked past the same man that now was getting hung from the, and, and dropped from the ceiling. So many other of them would have seen this guy, maybe recognized this guy, not as a friend, but just as a, a beggar, a cripple on the side of the road. And they saw him as an obstacle. They saw him as impossible that his life would ever change. And maybe, just maybe, they saw him as somewhat of an inconvenience. But the guys saw differently. See, they saw an opportunity. They saw an opportunity for Jesus to do something. I want to ask us this morning, what do we see? You know, what do we, what do we see when we look around us? What do we see as we look around at the people around us? What do we see? See, church, God is passionate about people. And he's, he's passionate about people and he's passionate about using what's in our hands. Not just superheroes, but ordinary, normal people like you and like me. Who will, who will give to God the little bit that we've got in our hands that we feel like at times doesn't amount to much, can, can never be used for very much, but God wants to use what's in our hands. What I find so fascinating about this story is that, that the Bible doesn't record any of the people's names. In fact, in this, in, this, in this story, it doesn't even tell us how many people brought the, the crippled man to Jesus. Doesn't tell, doesn't tell us who they were, doesn't tell us what they did, but it did record what they did with their hands and what Jesus did through them. See, we've been walking through this identity series. You know, who are we? What are we created for? What's the purpose of our lives? What's the point to my existence and your existence? And this morning, we're just going to touch on the that we are sent. See, the reality is every one of us are going somewhere. We're, doing, we're going somewhere to do something. And I'm pretty sure that morning in Luke chapter 5, as, as the boys rolled out of bed, and they were probably teenagers, so it was probably later out of bed, and that's why they were late to the, to the gathering. And so they, you know, they were teenagers, so they may have slept in. And, and I doubt that they kind of rolled out, picked up their iPhones, texted each other, and said something like this. All right, boys, what are we doing today? All right, we're going to go here. We're going to get lattes, grab our coffees. We're going to get something else to eat. And then, and then we're going to go and find a random guy on the side of the road. We're going to pick him up, and we're going to drop him. We're going to dig through the roof someone else's house and then we're going to drop him through the roof and he's going to Jesus and then she's going to do a miracle and it's going to be fantastic and everyone's going to go suck air together and it's going to be amazing. I doubt that day they woke up and thought that was going to happen. Yeah? I mean, I doubt they woke up and thought any of that except for let's go get coffee and food. It's probably all that went through their mind that particular morning. But the guys were just on their way. They were just going somewhere when they saw someone and thought if we can get that someone to Jesus, then maybe that guy's life could be changed. But they didn't think that what, in, what was in their hand was that significant as they carried that crippled young man. But Jesus did. See, that Jesus... Everyone is special. No matter what country you come from, age you are, whatever you're wrestling with in your life, every 
person is special, significant, and created by God. And as a church, we're called to bring the message of Jesus to our broken world. To try and help with, with, our, with our bags of food, to try and help with clothing, to try and help by, by being able to make a difference and, and, and do some renos and do, pack some homeless bags and walk down the street and give some people a gift and say, hey, hey, we notice you, we see you, we value you. In fact, God loves you. God wants to use us as we stand with them through the midst of their struggles and their pain, their anxiety and their wrestles and their relational messes at times. Because it's not about you and it's not about me. It's not about what we have in a big way or a significantly small way in our lives. It's about what Jesus wants to do through your life and what he wants to do through my life. See, we can all feel like at times what we have in our hands is seemingly insignificant, can't we? We can, we can look at the, the challenges of the world around us. We can look at the, the relational messes of the people that are around us and, and the challenges that they face, and we can look what's in our hand and go, really? That's going to make a difference? I mean, like, like, how can that possibly do anything at all to make a difference in someone else's life? life. That's why today is so important. It's why what we've done this week has been so important. You know, today is important as we bring our tins of baked beans and wheat bix and bags of rice and soup and pasta and cans of vegetables and long life milk and Oreos and, and tins of tuna and tea bags and coffee and Vegemite and whatever else you all filled up your bags with. See, what's significant about them is not what's in the bag, but who's hands those bags go into. See, Jesus will use these. See, what difference can a little in our hands really make? Please watch the screens. Hi, everybody. Um, I miss you all so much. Um, all my friends and, and church family at Gateway um, I just love being here in Sydney with my family, my children, and my mom. But I miss you guys terribly, and um, and I'll just—I know I'll never find another church like Gateway, and how wonderfully supportive and accepting that you've been for me um, from the time that I've I've met you all. So thank you so much, um, and also thank you for what everybody has done for this amazing unit that and my little ministry project that I have in Mount Warren Park. Um, you know, to the people that have organised it, Pastor Dave, um, the coordinators, um, the the people that have worked on it, the people that have contributed towards it, whether um, financially or in any other way, um, from the bottom of my heart, and and for those that are that are living in there at the moment, I, I just can't thank you enough for that, guys. It's made a tremendous difference in um, in some really good people's lives, and. Uh, and thank you for that. Um, so when ladies come, first come out of prison, um, every woman is different. And of course, everyone's circumstances is different as well. Um, you know, some women have everything to come out to. They have uh, a stable home environment, family support, um, but some have none, nothing and no one. Um, other people have things that, and people that they don't want to go back to. And, uh, and, and going back to them may mean... Um, going back to prison, unfortunately. Um, 
and without a clean and stable environment for those ladies, um, the chances of going back to prison again early in those first few months is, is astronomical. I think the rate is around eight out of 10 people return to prison in the first six months of being released. Um, and that that is a sobering number. Um, so also, some women come out and they're ready to be mothers and they're ready to be workers and, and good um, members of the community, but other women don't know what they want to do with themselves yet and, uh, and they don't even know who they are on the outside of those walls. And, uh, and they just need a safe, clean environment um, to, to figure out who they are and, and what they want to do next. And sadly, um, not too many people have that opportunity. These repairs and, uh, and renovations are going to help the girls in there um, love and appreciate even more what God has been doing in their lives. And um, although the unit is a good and stable environment for them, unfortunately, I couldn't afford, nor could I be there in person to be able to do the repairs that were necessary in there. So this will help them um, feel like they're more at home and, uh, and be proud of where they are and also open their eyes to see what's possible um, through uh, a faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you again, guys. So we can ask the question, what difference can a little bit in our hands really make? Well, I'll make the statement, what difference can a little in our hands really make? Together, church, as we bring our red bags, and we've done all the work that we've done this week. You know, I could tell you so many stories through our care ministry here and the Heather and the incredible team that serve and volunteer here. So many stories of people who would never walk in the doors of a church, but because of a moment of need, kind of because of our partnership with some of the local chaplains and some of the local schools around the area who, who come in here, there's, there's people who come in and I watch them apprehensive and scared because we are weird. Let's be honest, we are weird. You know, and, we, and we, they're kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen when I walk into church. I don't know, you know. And, and so they, they question it. They're a little bit scared about it. And, you know, I, I watch them as they walk and I watch them as the team embrace them. Watch them as they find a place where they are cared for. A place where, they've, where they all of a sudden find a sense of community. And a place where they find a place of hope and help. What difference can a little make? <laughs> a little makes a really big difference, doesn't it? See, how, but our secular society, our secular world says what we need to do is we need to, we need to get, it's all about me and me and my and, and what I can get and how I can get more and how I can protect what I've got and everything else. And yet Jesus calls us to something different. He says, what I want you is I want you to, to, to live a life where I follow you. How are you, dude? A life where we, value, where we value our kids. A life where we value people regardless of your walk. A, 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 Jesus calls us to love other people and to serve other people. And it's funny how when we begin to love other people, we begin to serve other people, it, it's, it's funny how it begins to change our outward look. You know, we talk about our identity. It's funny when we, when we put the focus off us and onto other people. It's amazing what God begins to do and how it begins to change 
our life. See, that's why today matters. It's why today matters as we, as we use our hands to do something for others. Because there was another person in the Bible who had something in his hands. It wasn't a mower, it wasn't a, a whippersnipper, it wasn't a paintbrush, it wasn't a paint roller, it wasn't you know, a, a set of hedge trimmers. Anyone want a haircut after the service? You know, it, it, it wasn't, <laughs> saw that hand. It wasn't a drill, it wasn't a downlight. But there was another person in the Bible who had something in his hands. But that something in his hands wasn't any of those things, but it was a nail. And Jesus' hands were nailed to a cross, and to a wooden cross. And there he hung and there he died. Nails through his hands. And John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world. It's code for God so loved you that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, to judge the world, but to save the world through him. See, Jesus knew. Jesus knew that what he did with his hands revealed what was in his heart. In his hands were nails. But in his heart was unconditional love. See, in his heart towards us was unconditional grace. In his, love, in his heart towards us was unconditional forgiveness and compassion and, and acceptance. And that was what was in Jesus' heart as he hung on the cross. Not because of what he had done, but because of what I had done. Because what you had done. He chose the nails to save us. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.